Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a surprise edition of the world's most dangerous podcast. This is Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 270. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining for me for this surprise Major League Baseball Draft edition from RedsMinorLeagues.com, RedLegNation.com. It's Doug Gray. How are you today, Doug? I'm a little tired, but uh, we're, we're doing all right. It's, I mean, we're recording this at 11:50 p.m. and the Reds just got done making their second round pick, so it, it's pretty late. And that was the idea is that we thought we'll we'll jump on and do a quick uh, special edition of the podcast after the first day of the draft. Your, your work is just getting started as the draft's get, getting going here. What do you have in store for everybody at, at RedsMinorLeagues.com just briefly over the next uh, few days? Well, tomorrow, which is Tuesday, so I'm not entirely sure how this is going to play out on, on the listeners' radios or phones or whatever you're listening to it on. But uh, you've got rounds 3 through 10, and then... On Wednesday, it is rounds 11 through 40, and it, that's when it gets wild. But uh, basically, just scouting reports, video, stats, it, yeah. as much information as I can possibly get out on what's going to be the next 40 picks for the Cincinnati Reds. Awesome. All kinds of great players, some of whom I think that each of you need to watch Doug on Twitter and at Reds Minor Leagues because he's going to do this thing he always does every year where he's going to make up a few guys and just throw them in there in the middle, and you'll have to figure out which ones are not actual real players. Why do you do that? It's just fun. I like the game, but why do you do that, well, Doug? You you just said it. It's fun. All right, excellent. Let's let's dig into and again, like I said, uh, the idea was that we'd get together and discuss the first two picks after uh, after the first uh, day of drafting insanity, and I want to let you know what my perspective is going in on this. Okay, first of all, the Reds have the number seven pick overall in the first round of the draft, and. You know, there's all this draft talk ahead of time. There are mock drafts. And I'm just going to tell you, I, lo- I love the Major League Baseball draft. I love, you know, for example, the NBA draft. I'm not a big football guy, but I'll pay attention a little bit to the football draft. But there is nothing on earth more boring to me than a mock draft. 
it's just it's it's completely boring to me. I don't understand why it's so popular, I, and, and everybody loves them. But you know, you got here's where Resident Number Seven. But there's so many variables as to who's going to be available there that really you're just ranking players r- rather than actually you know this is who the Reds might get. Now that being said, the mock drafts were all right <laughs> about who the Reds got. Am I right? Yeah, the, the the player that they took that we'll talk about here in a second is the same guy that literally everybody in the last five weeks has said the Reds were going to draft, except for one update in the middle of those five weeks from only one source had a yeah. different player. So, and, and this player, I guess there are two ways to look at it. Number one, I, I, what I've heard, and you can let me know if this is true because you've certainly looked at it much more closely than I have, which is why I bring you on. You're my uh, when I don't know what I'm talking about. I bring you on to talk about these areas, really, in minor leagues and the draft, where I'm not. I don't pay as much attention. And what I hear is there were a pretty clear top six, and then of course the Reds are drafting seventh. Had you been hearing that? Yes and no. I think that it was more that there was a the top six guys seemed to be locked in more so than they were the top six guys necessarily. Ah, so that uh, in terms just in terms of who was drafting. Least. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, personally, on my on my draft board, I think that there were three tiers. There was the guy that went number one, a pretty big gap to the guy that went number two, and then the pretty big gap, and then guys between like three and fifteen, kind of were all bunched together for me. Okay. Well, okay. Before we get into the actual pick, I want to ask you the uh, the guy that went number one overall, the catcher from Oklahoma State. Well, why didn't the Reds take him? Uh, he was not available. He was good though. They should have taken him before. Why couldn't well, they grab him before the uh, the Orioles did? I mean, my my running thing for the last couple of years is the Reds should just, they should just draft Mike Trout and try and find a way to force the Angels to just give up his rights. Just do it. I mean, just draft him and see what happens. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, what well, what's what's the worst that can happen? They they say no. Yeah, but but, but what if, what if what if they say yes? Exactly. It's, it's a sound strategy. Okay, so but the Reds were picking number seven overall. Now this is again sort of a, a top level pick, and we're hoping if things go well, and probably I think it's the way it's going to work out. This is the last time the Reds are going to have a a pick this high in a while. So maybe this is the final pick of the rebuild in some ways. Number seven overall, and the Reds took a college pitcher. Tell us about him. Well, yeah, they took uh, left-handed pitcher Nick Lodolo out of TCU. Um, top-ranked pitcher on pretty much every draft board that's out there. So, uh, I mean, that that's never a bad thing. Now, I mean, we, we did talk about the, the draft earlier, and uh, I'm going to be honest, everybody feels that this is a weak draft overall. I, I think that in a normal draft, Nick Lodolo is probably a guy who's going to go somewhere between uh, 10 and 20. So he sucks. Uh, I, I no, no, Chad, no. <laughs> maybe not. Um, maybe that's not a good act. No, he, he he he's he's pretty good. I mean, he's definitely a first round talent in any draft. Uh, he's probably a guy who probably have gone a little bit lower in another draft. But I mean, you know, look we'll, look at his numbers right now. He threw ninety eight innings. He had a two point four eight ERA. He walked twenty one guys. Had one hundred and twenty five strikeouts. I mean, the, those are pretty darn good numbers. He played at TCU. It's not like he was playing at you know Grand Canyon University Community College. Yeah, he's in the Big Twelve. I mean, it's it's good, pretty good competition out there. The same reason I was so high on Nixon Zell and on Jonathan India before they played in the SEC, a big time college baseball conference. So they got a, a, a left hander, and you sort of previewed what I was going to say. Yes, I've heard it from many. Again, I don't pay that much attention to it. I've still heard a number of times. This is one of the weakest drafts in recent memory. And so, you know, this is one where the Reds would like to be maybe a little higher. But at number seven, people seem to, it seems to be the consensus that the Reds got the best pitcher available in this draft. And to me, that, you know, that's, that still seems like a pretty good thing that they got the best pitcher available. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to be like, oh, you know, I'm disappointed with this when you literally got the number one pitcher in the entire draft. I mean, yeah, you maybe there was somebody else that you wanted. Maybe you wanted one of those hitters that was up above him. Do you really feel bad getting the best pitcher in the draft at number seven, though? I mean, really? <laughs> right, exactly. No, uh, I think it's a guy that all Reds fans should be pretty excited to have in the organization at this point. And the Reds, I think, sort of went with uh, best available, which is what you want to do at that pick. And Lodolo, uh, first of all, great name. Uh, not just that last name, Lodolo. We're going to get some uh, mileage out of that. Uh, am I pronouncing that correctly? Lodolo? As far as I know. Okay, Lodolo. Nicholas. Okay, let's let's actually get back on this name thing real quick. That, that's what the next point I was going to make, but I'll let you go ahead and do it. I mean, the, the Reds really seem to like to draft these guys named Nick in the first round, don't they? Four out of the last eight years, they picked a Nick. If I Or four out of the last nine, maybe. I can't remember. I, I, I looked it up. Um, four of the last eight, I guess, because 2012 yeah. uh, was uh, Nick Travieso. After that, it was Nick Howard from, where did he go to college? Virginia. Yeah, let's not mention that because he's kind of. He's had some injury problems. He's not worked out hey, so far. He, he just got back on the mound, though, Chad. Oh. He, he's, he's, he's back now. Straight reliever uh, at this point, though. Yes, he's, he's pitched in two games uh, this week, and it's, it's the first action he's had since last summer. So it's, it's, it's good to see him back out there. Yeah. Um, and what's up with Travieso? Uh, he, was in, he's, he missed like two years, he, but he's still in the organization. He's still – Yeah, he's, he's, he's throwing again. Um, I – I, I haven't actually talked to anybody for an update on him since spring training, but what I heard then, uh, he probably should be seeing time on the field soon in terms of actually getting out there and playing games that matter. He's been throwing in Arizona. Things were going well. So that's good. Uh, the other first-round pick, uh, Nick Lodolo, is, one, is the third of the four. And who's the other uh, uh, Nick that was drafted in the first round? Uh, by the some, some guy named Nick Senzel. I don't, I don't know if anybody's heard of him or anything. <laughs> Doug, he's so good. Yeah, it's been fun, hasn't it? He really is a good <laughs> baseball player. Oh, man. Uh, we're not going to talk about Nixon Zell this time, but uh, yikes. I love that guy. Yeah. So, Nick Lodolo, I want you to dig in a little bit more on. You mentioned his uh, stats overall, but again, 6'6", a lefty. Uh, and, you know, I saw the video of him when they uh, his grandmother, somebody said, we're going to Cincinnati. And it was really <laughs> cute. But um, but big guy, beautiful locks. locks. Long flowing hair. Oh man, I'll, gorgeous! I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you, Chad. Gorgeous. That's that's my scouting report. That's all I've got. <laughs> is he has long hair. Um, but drafted first by the well, drafted. I guess it was a supplemental pick or a comp pick or something. But it was first round, forty first overall by Pittsburgh, uh, three years ago. Didn't sign Pittsburgh. Evidently, from what I read, I read a piece at the Athletic that said. Pittsburgh never even talked to him. He was firmly going to college, and everybody knew that, and Pittsburgh never even talked to him, and they still drafted him. And that might have been a, a ploy to save that money. Pittsburgh's been known to do that. But anyway, three years later, having a big junior season, right? Big time. And, I mean, you know, uh, let, let's talk about his stuff. You know, he, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and throw 100 miles an hour, but you know, he works in the low to mid-90s. He can reach 97, 98 when he really wants to. And I mean, we're talking about a guy who's doing that at 6'6". So... The odds are it seems faster than that because his release point is going to be a lot closer than it is if you're six foot two. Um, you know, mixes in a very good slider, which and, and that's that's kind of been the big key for him this year. Um, you know, you mentioned he was a former first round draft pick, so you know things were expected of him at TCU the first year or two. It performed okay, but didn't really jump off the off the stats page at you. Uh, you'd see the flashes of the stuff, but 
it was this year that he really got consistent and put it all together. And it's because that slider went from being a, a pitch that would be good some of the time to being a plus pitch pretty much all of the time. Um, and, you know, that, that actually came because he started working on a cutter and he kind of picked up some things from the cutter and kind of put it with his slider and it, it just clicked for him. And that was just a game changer for him. Um, he's also got a really good changeup. So he's got three above average pitches. Um, probably not a guy who's going to be, you know, a number one an ace, somebody who's going to compete with Luis Castillo in a couple years for the top of the rotation. Uh, but, you know, a, a guy who could probably get there really quick, probably within a year and a half. Um, and, you know, probably slide in mid rotation guy pretty quickly. You're talking my language there, man. The, that's what I like about a college pitcher. He's, I mean, this guy's polished. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's always that risk because, you know, he's a pitcher. Pitchers get hurt. There is no such and, thing and, as a pitching and, prospect. And, and unfortunately, that's just how it is. But yeah. there's nothing on his resume that suggests he sh- he's he's a guy that there's injury concerns. Uh, but, you know, again, he throws a baseball for a living. The chance is there. I am desperate for this left-handed pitcher picked by the Reds in the first round to have no injuries. <laughs> well, it's weird Please. that you would say it like that. I don't, I don't know why. Most of our listeners will know exactly why I said that. Yeah, we, we won't bring that up. We will not because I'm rooting for this guy. I root for the other guy too. I don't know how that uh, narrative got started, but anyway, love you, Hunter Green. Um, Dick Williams, Reds uh, president of baseball operations, says he was a first round pick out of high school who has only gotten better with three years of college experience. Playing in a top conference, we believe he was one of the top college pitchers available in this year's draft, and we're thrilled to add him to our organization. Well, they must have believed he was the the top college pitcher. He said one of. Um, I don't know. I, I, th- I just think it's a, it's not, it's not a Hunter Green. It's not a, you know, Nick Senzel. It's not a Jonathan India even, but it's a really solid addition to this organization. I'm thrilled to have him drafting as low as, and low is not really low, but as number seven, I, I don't know, you know, I don't, weak draft or not. Um, I like everything I hear about this guy. Yeah. And here, here's even better news. It, uh, Jeff, uh, is it Jeff Passan? I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that he'll ever listen, anyways. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, right after the pick happened, he reported that they, the two sides, had pretty much already agreed that he'd get the full slot value. So it doesn't seem like there's going to be any question as to whether he's going to go back to school or not. Uh, I mean, I, unless he fails his physical for some reason, and again, there's no reason to believe that he would. It seems that this is a done deal. Well, and it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to, to come back. He's liable to, uh, you know, he'll have no leverage next year. This year he does have a little bit of leverage to get the max that he can get for that slot. And, uh, you know, he wanted to go to college. He went to college. And I saw the quote from him was he wanted to go to college because he wants a career in baseball, whether it's playing or otherwise. And so he thought that would give him the best base to, you know, if, if we weren't playing, that to move into coaching or whatever, you know. Um, question, who's the last first-round pitcher? Last TCU horned frog pitcher drafted in the first round. I'm going to guess Brandon Finnegan, but I don't know if that's true or not. I think it is true. Brandon Finnegan, lefty. He was chosen by the Royals in the first round, and he's now still purportedly a red. Unless he's hard. Yeah, yeah he's apparently back in good year working on some things. Yeah. So, And so we're, we're hopeful. But anyway, uh, so what you're telling me is that probably mid-next season, he's uh, the number two starter for the Reds. I mean, that's pretty much what you've told me, right? Uh, that's not quite what I said, but if that's what you wanted to hear, Chad, then sure. That's definitely what I wanted to hear. So there's your first-round pick. Uh, if he goes back, what's he going to do? He's, you know, he was drafted 41st overall. Now he's drafted 7th overall. If he goes back, he gets another year at TCU, and he likes it there, clearly. 
and his coach, a pitching coach at TCU, Kirk Sarlos, former Cincinnati Red. If anybody remembers that uh, obscure former Red. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember it very well. Um, but, of course, Sarlos was a pitcher who, uh, he was at Cal State Fullerton, and he went back for his senior year. He actually wasn't drafted his junior year. Went back for his senior year, um, made it to the College World Series, and then was drafted and made it uh, first guy in his draft class to make it the majors, I think. So, according to, as you said, uh, he's already agreed to sign for the full slot value, so the Reds aren't playing games with him. I don't know. I just, I, I'm nothing but happy about adding a player of this caliber to the Reds organization. Yeah, I mean, there was only one guy that they had kind of even sort of slightly been linked to that I was not going to be happy about them selecting, and they didn't take that guy, and they went with the guy that, I mean, I, I, I had Nickel Dolo ranked number five on my draft board. So there you go. Get, get, getting him at seven, I was happy, very happy. Who's the guy that you didn't like because I love this guy's name? <sighs> Shay Langoliers. Uh, that's not a real player. Out of, out of Baylor. Um, I'm just, uh, yeah. That, that's not a know. real guy. You just made that up. I, I didn't. He he got drafted in the first round by the Braves. Heck, I think he went number nine overall. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I'm not rooting against the guy. I hope everything works out great for him. I hope he turns into a Hall of Famer. But I, there's way too many red flags on that guy. Well, the Reds already have a young uh, catcher. Not that you're drafting for need, but uh, at this at this point, you're drafting whoever's best available. So anyway, so the uh, the draft continued. I guess it, it didn't stop after the Reds took made their pick. It kept going for some reason, and the Reds had the 49th overall pick uh, in the second round of the draft. And why don't you tell us about uh, high school shortstop they selected? Yeah, Reese Hines uh, out of IMG Academy in Florida. You know, he he's listed as a shortstop. No one believes he's going to be a shortstop in the future. Uh, he he's six foot four, two hundred ten right now. Wow. Uh, he's he's a big, strong kid. Uh, odds that he can remain at shortstop are very, very small. Uh, good news. He's got a big-time arm, so if he slides over to third base, his arm plays great there. If he's got to go out into the outfield, you can throw him out in right field. It'll work great. Uh, maybe the biggest raw power in the entire draft, definitely among all of the high schoolers, no question he's got more raw power than anybody in high school. Um, he was in the All-Star Game home run contest last year for the high school players and hit a 485-foot home run. 485 feet? Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about just true light tower power. He's drawn comps to Joey Gallo of the Texas Rangers. Um, you know, but in, there's both good and bad reasons for that. The good, 485 feet home runs. The bad, there's some real questions about how much he can hit and make contact. Willie Mopena. Hey, if he turns into Willie Mopena, this was a great draft. Yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, you know. For as much grief as William Mopena gets around Reds country, uh, your average second-round draft pick gets a cup of coffee in the major leagues. So getting William Mopena in the second round would be awesome. And then the Reds could, could trade uh, Reese Hines for uh, Bronson Arroyo. You know, by the time Reese Hines is ready to be traded, I don't think we want Bronson Arroyo anymore. <laughs> I'm already sure we don't want Bronson Arroyo anymore. <laughs> and I love me some Bronson Arroyo. Uh, okay, so maybe some questions about uh, his... Uh, ability to handle off-speed stuff and uh, the strike zone, but you think he's got uh, your analysis is perhaps the best power of any high school prospect. Certainly, that, that's something. I mean, you, uh, yeah. I look for getting a guy with elite tools. You know, something you can project, uh, and that sounds that sounds to me that sounds like a big thing. Yeah, I mean, for me, I love this pick because the way I look at it, it's a very weak draft. Anyways, they're they're swinging for the fences 
with a guy oh, who can hit. I it see over what all you did the there. Yeah. I see what you did there. And I mean, they're 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 going for it. I mean, they're taking a guy who, yeah, there's a ton of risk here, but in a weak draft, you were you probably weren't going to get somebody anyways there. Like baseball draft isn't like the NFL draft. Your second round pick, if you get that guy to the big leagues, you you made a good pick. Right. I mean, you really did. Assuming he got there on merit, not just because he was a second round pick and you you pushed him. Yeah, even in a good draft. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it just we like to think that a second round pick in major league baseball is going to turn into somebody, but history has shown us that they don't like, they, they just don't do that. Um, and, and so the, you know, the reds did, you know, I, what I think was is, is a smart move. They took somebody who, if he works out, it could be really, really good. And if it doesn't, well, I mean, odds are you weren't going to get somebody anyways. So I, I, I love that strategy. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm excited about the pick, especially given that it took place in this draft. Now, if it were a much deeper draft, maybe it's a different story, but it's not. All right. Yeah, maybe it's a stretch at that point. But getting a guy at 49 overall who has at least one tool that is, you know, a huge uh, upside. Uh, that's what you put it. It's a big upside pick for the Reds. I'm reading what you wrote. And uh, I, I think, you know, I would tend to agree. Here's my analysis on Reese Hines. I'd never heard his name until, you know, I don't know, 30 minutes ago. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> That's why you do this for the living and why you're the best at it. So top two picks, seven and 49 overall. What's your, are you, are you pleased? Do you think the Reds could have done better? Uh, what are your initial, I mean, this is, and this is really initial reactions because we're right after it's finished when we're recording this. Yeah. I mean, assuming that they sign both of them because it hasn't happened yet, but assuming they get both of them signed and I don't think there's a reason to expect they wouldn't. I don't think that either one of them would have been drafted if there was any concern that they weren't going to get them signed. Uh, I'm happy. Like I said, I, I had Nicodolo ranked fifth. They got him seventh. Um, and then, you know, we just talked about Hines and how much I like that picking for the reasons why. So I, I, I'm pleased. Well, now, in eight years, we can look back and see how it turned out. But right now, I feel pretty good about what the Reds have done so far. Uh, is there any uh, – has Reese Hines been attached to any any college? First of all, Reese Hines is a pretty good name. I like that. i got to be honest. <laughs> Reese Hines. I, yeah, I, wish, he, I, I wish he was called Reese. That'd be even better. Reese Hines. I'm going to call him that. That's his name for me now on the podcast. Reese Hines. Well, I mean, you're a weird guy, Chad. You're I did, a weird guy. <laughs> I did a quick search and didn't see that he was attached to any uh, I mean, college. He, he, he's got a scholarship at LSU. Oh, there you go. Well, that's a big-time program. But right. on the other hand, he's an IMG Academy guy. And these are kids who go down there uh, at a very young age, and the whole idea is to be a pro. That's the whole idea that you go to IMG. Yeah, so, you, 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 you don't see too many guys drafted in the first, second, third rounds out of high school that don't sign. Yeah. Um, you know, teams with with the way that the draft works now and the bonus money tied to you signing the pick, teams pretty much get a guarantee from the players that they're going to sign. Or I guess in the case of Nicodolo a couple years ago, uh, they get a guarantee that the guy doesn't want to sign and they just draft him to not have to pay somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, so but the Reds have never done that. The Reds have always spent every penny that they're allowed to spend since they went to this pull them out. So I, I don't think that that's going to be the case for the Reds. Yeah, that's been the strategy of the current group that's been there for a while and doing some drafting. And, you know, I think you got to say, to me, some people are disappointed. I hear lots of complaints about some of these picks, but I don't know. It looks like this Reds organization has actually done, over, certainly over the last five years or so, I'm very pleased with the, uh, you know, the amateur scouting and the, the draft that, that, that they've been able to put together each of the last... I think they, they built up some 
credibility with me, I guess. I trust them a little bit this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no issue whatsoever with how the Reds have drafted. And I mean, that goes back forever. I mean, it, since Chris Buckley took over, and he's, I mean, he's no longer the, the scouting director now. Uh, that was taken over this past year by Brad Meter. But, I mean, yeah, you know, there, there, was a, there was a stretch there in the middle of his tenure where, you know, things didn't work out. You know, Philip Irvin didn't turn out to what they thought he was going to be. Robert Stevenson didn't become that ace, at least not yet. Well, yeah. Um, and then, you know, you had, you know, both of the Knicks, Traviesa and Howard. Well, you know, you can never, you you can't predict injuries first off. And then with Nick Howard, you know, he got the yips. You you can't, I mean, with some, some guys, mechanics, you know, full effort guys, you can be like, okay, well maybe he was going to get hurt. Nick Howard got the yips and then he blew his shoulder out. Like you, you just, you can't predict those kinds of things. Yeah. You can't blame the guys for drafting those guys who got hurt. I mean, that's unfortunately that happens. Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, you've got Tyler Stevenson playing well in double A. Nick Sinzel, how's he doing? Oh, he's great. I mean, Hunter Green, yeah, he got hurt. But still a great pick. I mean, that was a good pick, and he's just 19 still. Every single team on the planet would have taken Hunter Green. Every single team on the planet would take Hunter Green right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it. you know, (laughs) people people will see what they want to see. Yeah, that book's not closed on him. Um, And then Jonathan India, who every reason to believe he's well on his way. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I I think that the Reds have done fine. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, Andrew Scott Wills, we have one view, hashtag viewer mail question. I know you like the viewer mail. These are actual letters from actual viewers, Doug. If you say so. All right. Uh, Andrew Scott Wills, at Andy Scott Wills on Twitter, give him a follow, asks, hashtag viewer mail, how many years until we see Lodolo in a Reds uniform? Now, you kind of touched on that earlier, but are you willing to make a prediction? How many years until we see our boy uh, Nick Lodolo in a Reds uniform. I'll go late 2020. Oh, so next season, September yeah. maybe or yeah, something like that. Maybe maybe not. Well, I, they're changing the rules on the the September call. No, that's true. That's true. Oh yeah, I forgot about. It. Okay, so maybe 2021 now. But you know, think about it like this: if the Reds are competitive next year. And down the stretch, they need somebody out of the bullpen. You're telling me a guy like Nick Lodolo wouldn't couldn't come up and make some noise? Bring him up, put him in the pen, get some uh, experience in a playoff race, and be in the mix I, for the starting rotation the next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you you you've seen crazier things. Yeah, my prediction, uh, Andrew, is Nick Lodolo will make his Reds debut in the year 2028. 2028. That's my prediction. After his you're, fourth you're, you're consecutive always, year. You're always the pessimist. <laughs> That's always me. Always the pessimist. All right. Any other thoughts quickly before we uh, put this one to wraps here? I just wanted to get on and talk a little bit about this uh, draft because it is exciting to add some elite players to this organization. Anything, any final thoughts? I think we covered a lot there, Chad. I'm feeling pretty good about it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow and less so on Wednesday. But. Any thoughts about what you know what the Reds are going to be looking for the next few days, or is it just going to be best available player every every step of the way? I mean, I think they'll go best available player around three through six. Um, when you get to around seven to ten, that's when teams start taking you know college seniors to save money and try and you know use that money in more creative ways. Maybe that's maybe that's one of the ways they're going to get Reese Hines to sign. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll they'll draft four college seniors and pay them twenty five thousand dollars total and save you know five hundred grand. 
and use that to sign resigns. That 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 that's what a lot of teams have been doing. I think there were a couple of years ago, uh, not a single team drafted a non-college senior round seven through ten. Hmm. Okay, so. two quick questions, and we'll get out. Number one: Will the Cincinnati Reds draft anyone from the University of Virginia in this draft? No. Second question: Were you surprised at all? Because I was. Were you surprised at all that Zion Williamson hasn't been selected yet? No. Gosh, Doug. Gray. I'm dis- I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> Doug, thank you, man. I appreciate you all listening. This is a quick emergency edition of the podcast, sort of a special edition to discuss the uh, the draft. I can't tell you how much I appreciate Doug uh, taking time out of his night to come on late night here, and we're going to get this posted up as quickly as possible. Get it in your feeds. And uh, and let us know what you think. Subscribe to the podcast. You know the spiel every week. You can uh, support us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash redlegradio. Uh, patreon.com slash, what's yours, Doug? Reds Minor Leagues. Reds Minor Leagues. It's great content. Uh, it's stuff that, again, we don't really cover as much on Red Lake, at Red Lake Nation Radio. And so it's uh, well worth your time and your and uh, cost, toss a couple bucks that way. You can uh, read everything at redsminorleagues.com, redlegnation.com. Both of those have been operating for over a decade, going on a decade and a half at this point, and uh, all the analysis you want. Doug, thanks for giving us some of your time tonight, my buddy. Not a problem. Glad to come on. All right. For Doug Gray and Nicola Dolo, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.